Hello, and welcome to Franchise Me, or as I like to call it, Fully Adur. I'm Andrew. And I'm Ryan. And this is the show where two friends go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week, we will talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down and seeing if they are truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we will compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is truly the best. This week, why the f*** is John Voight in this movie? <laughs> it's Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Ah, Andrew. Hello. Hi, pal. How are we doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Not doing great. <laughs> Not doing too great. Uh, this was a little tough. A tough one for this me. This is a tough one for you. So, I, we've been making jokes the entire time. You know, we obviously, you know, we're doing the Fantastic Beasts franchise. We're doing the Fantastic Beasts. The not-so-Fantastic Beasts franchise. But we uh, we did, you know, the Harry Potter, the mainline Harry Potter films. And uh-huh. we were always joking and pointing uh, our fingers and making fun of, you know, these films. Mm-hmm. And kind of like, oh, you know, they're so bad. They're bombs and all that stuff. But right. like, I never really had bad blood with these movies. I was excited to go into this and to watch these and... And, you know, I had seen this, I've seen this movie twice before. I watched it in theaters when it came out and I right. watched it when I did that rewatch a couple years ago sure. and I was a defender of these movies and I was like, oh, they're not that bad, whatever. And something happened this week. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's because I had a stressful week or I had a long week, <laughs> sure. but like the day came for me to sit down and watch this and I just was like, I don't want to do it. I just, I don't want to do it. Right. And I just was like, I, I, I literally was like, what if I just didn't? I, I, I almost didn't watch <laughs> I, this movie. I almost didn't either because I had such a recent... <laughs> viewing of it but i was like i gotta stay true to the podcast i gotta watch it and could you imagine if we both just did not watch this movie we both walked walked in and went i didn't watch it but i i'm thinking about it for crimes no we're committed we're gonna do it we're gonna do it but yeah i like there it just was like this is not my least favorite movie that we've done but like it was just the one like more than anything i was like i don't want to watch this i don't i don't know why and i forced myself to watch it but you feel that for all three well, yeah, well, we'll see. I, I, yeah, I, I, like going off of this, yes, but yeah. we'll see how we feel come the day. Because it was really, it was really like the day of. I was like, right. I'll go home and watch this movie. And I was like, do I really want to do this? Right, and right. This is how I want to spend my day. Well, it's because we just got off Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and we'll talk about that. But uh-huh. like, I, yeah, forced myself to watch this movie, fell asleep, <laughs> um, finished it the next night. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't, I don't hate this movie, but like, it, this is just a very, very frustrating mm. experience for me. <laughs> really, uh, kind of an upsetting watch. And and then not to, <laughs> not to get into my my opinions or anything like that, but I, I I said to you like I think why I I am so frustrated because there is a really really mm-hmm. great movie, like mm-hmm. a top tier yes magical adventure in this movie, yep. filled with a bunch of bullshit on top like and it's yeah. just like what are we doing why is this happening and we'll we'll talk about that more as we go through this episode well, and we go through a bunch our... of hippogriff <laughs> <laughs> but it's just it's just what is happening mm-hmm. why 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 are we doing this why are certain people in the... why is john voight in this movie <laughs> i know i know we have to talk about it but like just just so many things like that and just such a frustrating experience overall that that like because there is like I said, it, there's greatness here. You you have it, mm-hmm. and you squandered it. Yeah, and it, it, it and I don't. I just did not understand it. So now, no, I'm not doing very well this week. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not doing very well this week. <laughs> well, there's a lot to talk about. There's changes. 
with this one. Obviously a change of writer, controversial figure uh, in the least as well. Um, and also some controversial cast members, I, yes. would, I would say too. Um, this is a, this is so a very it, problematic is, It's a very, no, it's, I would say it's a very problematic franchise. Well, yes. like all the way yeah. through, it's yes. a very problematic franchise. And we kind of have to touch on that as we go through it. But I kind of had the same situation as you did. I wasn't sure. I was like, do I really want to watch this? Because I, I had viewed these movies a couple months prior to yes, this. Yes, because um, you had never seen these movies. I had never seen these movies, but during... Um, when Grindelwald came... Or The uh, Secrets of Dumbledore came out. Secrets of Dumbledore came, came out. I rewatched the other two films yeah. to prep for it. And then we saw Secrets of Dumbledore together in theaters. It was such a close viewing experience for me. I feel like I had just seen the movie and I have to watch it again. And I will say, as I was watching it, I was definitely more bored this time than the first time. It's a great experience the first time. I think, I think that's why... The second time... You start to see things more, and you go, "Oh, this isn't this isn't as good as I remembered yeah. it." Yeah, there's a lot to talk about with this one because I think you're absolutely right. There is a four and a half star f- like story in here that is excellent, and then it's just all of this unnecessary sh- that you don't need. Yeah, again, the John Voight stuff. I don't get it. And there's so much in here yeah. that is just so unnecessary. And there's there's so much lore building that is unnecessary. And you, you feel like Rowling, who wrote this, as we'll get into, but you're feeling at... Uh, to me, the feeling was Rowling was writing a movie to set up like the next three, four yeah. movies. Like, she wasn't focusing on the story right here in front of her. She was thinking, how do I set up three more movies? Yeah. And that's the problem. It yeah. made it uninteresting. Yeah. So I, I, I'm really curious and interested to talk about this one. Yeah. I think we have cool. kind of the same feelings, but um, it's going to be interesting these next three weeks going through yeah. this. Well, uh, the big thing that, like I said, is that, like, I, you know, I, we talked about this, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I think, is like what they could have done and what they probably should have done is a The Wizarding World Presents yeah. anthology series of movies. And you can still have, you know, returning characters. Like, if you wanted to use Newt Scamander mm-hmm. as in a small role, which they do anyway yeah. in those later movies, then they could have just an anthology of, like, this is fantastic. The Wizarding World Presents Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Right. The Wizarding World Presents The Crimes of Grindelwald or whatever. And, and you could have a Grindelwald movie or you can have right. a Dumbledore movie. And Newt Scamander and Jacob Kowalski and these characters can pop up and they can have interactions in there. But they're, you know, instead of trying to pretend that this is one main franchise and one main story and trying to force them and connect them together, mm-hmm. it can be like a, hey, we're telling this story. Now over here we're telling this story. Now over here we're telling this story. And then maybe... After three movies in the fourth or fifth movie, you can then start to weave them together. Right. You know what I mean? And so right. to, to place them together, it just, it it feels like, and I think one of the reasons why it is so frustrating is that we're coming off of these mainline, like you said, these mainline Harry Potter movies. Right. And I think that that really highlights, like maybe if we had started with Fantastic Beasts, maybe we wouldn't be as hard on this, but because we saw how good some of those movies can be, how good the writing can be, how good the acting can be. And the acting's not really a problem here. But how good the the directing can be. Right. And how good David Yates can be right. in, in, as, as a director of, of one of these films. It's all lacking here. It's all it, lacking. It, it all, yeah. this, it doesn't these, feel, this doesn't feel genuine. This does feel produced yeah. to make as, you know, in, in the way to make the most money yep. to, to get the, to get the most, to sell the most tickets, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? To make the most merchandise. Like it right. does feel like that. And mm-hmm. I think that that is a very frustrating experience for mm-hmm. me. And it really, really tanked my viewing of this movie. And, and like I said, I, I think that there's some really, really great stuff. And, I, and I'm excited to highlight what I think is really, really great here. 
here. Sure. But it just, it does feel like this is, you know, you're right. Like, maybe she set out to, like, she she wrote, like, because she's so used to, like, when she writes these books, she can just fill the world with all these things and these right. subplots. And this could, maybe this would be a really great 800, 900 page book. Right. But... It's it's a movie. It's a movie, and you, you have it's, to learn it's, to cut it's that. It's different. You have to cut that stuff. Yeah. And I don't think she's a screenwriter, to be fully no. honest. I well, just it, don't think she's a very good screenwriter. It does highlight. And again, um, look, look, who are we to criticize these people? Whatever, right? They're definitely more talented than we'll ever be. But like, yes, but like, but Rowling, Rowling is a novel. Right? Yeah, I That's think what she is. I think it and highlights. I think, the, I think it's fair to say she's not a great screenwriter. Well, no, I think it. I think this movie highlights the 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 difference between a novel writer and mm-hmm. a screenwriter. You right. know what I mean, or like a book writer and a screenwriter. Like yeah. They're like just because you you're really great at writing books or really great at writing scripts doesn't mean that you can necessarily jump into the right you know what i mean right, some people right. are better at writing tv some people are writing better at writing movies some people are writing better at writing short stories and, and novels like right there are things you know, people have their strengths yeah she very clearly has a strength controversial figure or not taking all the controversial stuff out we've already talked about that and all that stuff she's very good at creating worlds at these stories you know what i mean there, there are some flaws we've highlighted some sure. of the flaws and the mistakes that she's made in creating this world some of the stereotypical stuff some of the things that may you know maybe rep- represent the goblin stuff and stuff like that yes. but like you really like look at what she's done she's done great in the world of of book writing right. but like you're right you're absolutely right she's not a, sc- a screenwriter no, and not. somebody should have sent that to her and i and I, it definitely <laughs> i wish it, steve cloves walked in and went no, that's how I feel. Secrets of D- in my mind, that's how Secrets of Dumbledore went because one hundred percent. Definitely, he walked in there. I was like, "Well, honey, let me show you how to do it." Right, one hundred percent. Like, like it like, definitely, like it. It just definitely, like I again, I I think that she creates some really great characters. I think she creates an interesting world, but she just she gets lost in her own imagination. Yes, and she just doesn't. She gets so focused on the magical lore building yeah. of everything that it almost it, it drags down the story because you're like oh there's all this going on and and again there is a great story in here there really is yeah but all of the excess that she wants to put in is what drags it all down yeah and that's what's upsetting because it's like we don't need all the excess yeah and and uh, you know it is what it is and it's kind of upsetting too because well i don't expect david yates to catch that but because he's not i i I would assume he's not a screenwriter maybe he's not catching this stuff Mm -hmm. and i think maybe he was (laughs) a little spoiled with steve close for the time he had him but like you know i think we're we're gonna have arguments at least or i think we're gonna have agreements i should say that these back three fantastic Beast movies are probably some of his weaker work in the Wizarding World. Yeah. Um, well, I, 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 it to me, you know, we, I, he seems like he's maybe not full on, but like he seems more of a yes man director for sure than any of the other people who yes. have directed one of these movies. Is I that think, why they keep him? And that, that's probably well, it probably is why yeah. they keep him. And and I think I think this these movies again. And I think J.K. Rowling herself is an example of what happens when somebody has too much power, too much money, mm-hmm. too much, you know, is, is given everything that she wants, is given too much control. And, you know, this is this is a person who has, you know, very clearly Warner Brothers, like, they, they want more Harry Potter stuff. Harry Potter stuff is the golden ticket, right? right. They It makes... So much money. Every single one of the the lowest grossing was what seven hundred high seven hundred million dollar movie. So, very high seven hundred. You, know, you know what I mean? Dollar, like yeah. besides that weird Hollywood accounting of Order of the Phoenix, <laughs> like they made they made right. bank on all of these movies. 
you know, mm-hmm. high high hundred millions, a, bill, a couple billions, the, the theme parks, all this stuff. Like they're printing money, so they want they want more of this. Right. Well, she has, and 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 good for her for you know standing up for herself and not letting people take advantage or whatever. But like sometimes you have to be like, hey, maybe maybe not everything I do is great. Maybe 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 there's ways. Maybe maybe I can write a, a version of this, and then maybe Steve Close can come in sure. and touch up my sure. screenplay, or maybe so, I can okay, write a okay. manifesto of okay. this and somebody. Okay, can let's stop this. here. Let's jump into the episode. <laughs> this, is, this is all J.K. Rowling stuff. Let's jump into the episode and we'll go from there. I I, just, I know you need to unload, man, but let's let's jump in and let's start there. Okay, and then we'll, okay. when we get to her, you can really lay into this argument because we're jumping way ahead here. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you know it's fun to just kind of it is know, it is. Hey, th- this movie doesn't know what it wants to be. We are episode. Could, like, we don't yes, have to know what we want to do. You know, what I, I mean? agree. Uh, but we're, so let's talk about Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Yes. Uh, release date November eighteenth, two thousand and sixteen. This is five years five after years the after last Harry, Harry Potter, Potter movie. Right. Yep. I did see this in theaters when it came out. Mm-hmm. I remember liking it. I remember it being like you said. I think that I think there you do get swept up into this the first time right. you see it, and it, it's a it's much the, I, I, better I, first watch. I think it's a better first watch because we've been out of the wizarding world for five years. Yes. And I think people maybe went in just excited to be back in that world. I think this is very much a case of just rose-colored glasses where you watch it the first time and you're just so happy to be back that you're overlooking all of the bad things. And then you come out of it and like the experience we have, you watch it a second or a third time and you start seeing things and you're like, maybe this isn't as good as I thought it was. Maybe I was just really swept up in being back in the world. And I think that's what it was. I think think that first first viewing is really good. And then after that, you're like, I don't know. I think it highlights the strengths that are here. Because there are some really great strengths here. Yeah, for sure. I think that this movie has one of my favorite... And we'll get there when we talk about like the actors and stuff, but like has one of my favorite Harry Potter Wizarding World characters of all time in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I well, think like, over these three movies, yeah, over yeah. these three movies, like consistently, yeah, consistently, one of the best performances, one of the best yeah. characters, and it, like that's what he's not even a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's gonna get me through yeah. this, like. Yeah. That, like there's really great. That's why I'm saying there's some really great stuff here. But yeah. it's just like, what, like what you know. It, it, what, yeah, I know, no, it, I, I know, I know. But uh, directed by David Yates, so. Mr. David Yates, yeah, Mr. Um, Wizarding World himself. <laughs> Mr. Wizarding World himself. What is he going to do now if they don't do any more Harry Potter movies? I mean, does he move to HBO Max and keep doing the (laughs) HBO Max stuff? Like, I don't know what he's going to do. Like, I genuinely don't know what he's going to do because I don't know if he knows how to do anything else. Legend of Tarzan 2? Legend of Tarzan 2. Here it comes. Skarsgård's back, baby. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't know what he's going to do. But, like, I, I kind of already said, but I really feel like these back three, and this is for each conversation, yeah. are some of his weakest in the Wizarding yeah. World franchise here. And I just, I was really surprised that he was brought back for yeah. these movies. Like, I kind of figured after Harry Potter, oh, he'll go do other things now. He, he's fulfilled his obligation to Harry Potter. Kind of like we saw with the Russo brothers. They do two Captain America movies and two Avengers films. All of them are really good and then they kind of went off and did their own thing yeah i just figured he was going to do you know after he I mean, finishes yeah. part two he's like oh i'm good i can go do my own thing i have all the money in that the winter world. soldier's not that great i'm just kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah. he's like i can go do my own thing and then he comes back for these movies yeah. and you're like oh he's he's back again yeah. and i felt watching this that yes you're right he is a yes man but Almost that he's maybe, he's also maybe getting a little muddled in this world. Like maybe he's also getting a little burnt out from being in this world. And I think that's going to become more prominent with each movie we see. Yeah. But I was starting to get the vibe even watching this. I'm like, 
it feels like even he's a little burnt out from being yeah, in this world. It, and I'm hoping that whenever they move forward with whatever they're going to do uh, with HBO Max, with what, whatever they want to do Harry Potter-wise, I'm kind of hoping he's not involved anymore. Yeah. I think he's run his course in this world. I think I think as an audience, we're tired, just exhausted from it too. It, it's it's very much the same. And 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 we, we again, we, this is a man that we praise for those last two Harry Potter movies, right? And that's fine. And, yeah. And yeah, yeah, but like this is very much more of the. The this this I can't talk about the next two. We'll do that in the next couple of weeks. Right. But like this movie is very much more on the quality, uh, even directing wise, of like the Order of the Phoenix directing yep. than it is agreed uh, of the Deathly Hallows Part One or even Part Two. Part Two, where they're different, uh, but yes. they're still good. In the, their well, own that, that there's an energy to it, or that there is a the, 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 that whimsical weight. Or emotional weight there. This movie does it doesn't feel like it is able to do that. Is it, is it the writing? Is it whatever? I don't know. But like right. it does, it definitely feels. I think there's some there's some cool stuff in here. Again, there's there is some cool stuff. But like there's one particular sequence that does capture what it needs to capture, and, and right. we'll talk about that. Yeah, but yeah. like it does feel like it is very much like the blandest thing you can make it. And this yeah. is like we're going to a new country. We've never been to America in this mm-hmm. world before. And like I'm, no, obviously we are Americans, and it's right, not like right. oh America, we're so great, but like what it what is the wizarding world in America like? It could be so much different. It's the 1920s. Yeah. Let's see this really cool like gangster movie. This like like gangster right. movie like type of environment. Like let's see vibrant colors and let's right. see like something like that. And and and, and they. They play more into like you know like the Great Depression kind of stuff yeah, more than do. like and more than like uh, anything else. But you know what's what crazy I mean? like, about that is like the depressions in the 30s. No, I know. Like, no, no, but I like, no, I know what you're saying, but like it feels like he thought the depression was in 1926. It just, it just feels and it like wasn't. yeah, it, and it's like this guy is again. There's as we kind of criticize with some of the Harry Potter stuff. He loves that tin. Yeah, I don't get it. I yeah. really don't. get it. It just feels and like he's like, more like a, oh, this should be a bleak, dark gray time and it's like this should be a colorful it's the vibrant there is a reason it's called the roaring 20s yeah and he did not capture that no and he made again he made the same that's what bothers me he made the same choices with fantastic beasts that he made with harry potter like five years away and he came back with no new ideas that's the di- that's what's the problem here and it's like dude you've been gone for five years you didn't really think of anything yeah. new to do like you came back and did the same exact thing and i guess yeah. they were kind of banking on like the tried and true formula but in my eyes i'd want to shake up i'd yeah. want to see somebody different in the directing chair or i would sit david yates down and say i need new yeah. ideas because these aren't harry potter these are yeah. different and if he says the same exact ideas and says oh it's just the 1920s i can do all the same stuff the tint the tint i would say no <laughs> Let's, Absolutely let's not. Let's see Taika Waititi's Harry Potter Wizarding World movie. Let's you, see. You love Taika Waititi. Well, man. no, but I'm, no, but I'm just. I'm thinking of like. I'm trying to I think agree. of like the I most vibrant, colorful. Where's James Gunn's? Where's James Gunn? I mean, I don't think he would do it, but still, he like, I'm trying it. to think of like the vibrant, colorful James directors. Gunn, where's know? Where's the Taika Waititi? And I know you don't really love this guy, but Baz Luhrmann. No, no, I, I, know? I'm okay with him. I just think that his movies very, are very stylized. Oh, and it's very, very yeah. stylized. I yeah. agree with you, but like, it would be over the. But maybe for a 19. 20s roaring 20 where is the quentin tarantino harry potter dude don't even (laughs) don't even mess with me man don't even mess with me i would love that love that but like somebody like 
Matthew Vaughn or, or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like somebody like that. Would anybody be really that cool. has like some color in their palette. Yeah. And Guy Ritchie. Yeah. He's great at that yeah. stuff. And like we, with this, with David Yates, I just feel like it's always or the same. How about this? A new director. A new director. That's exactly what they should have done. An upcoming director. An upcoming director. Let's see what somebody can do with this. Fr- it's already an established franchise. People are going to see this movie. Yeah. Let's grow talent out of this. Yes. It's crazy to me that they just kept him on for all three of these movies. And we're going to, I said this before, but we're going to criticize him probably every week yeah. more and more and more. And I just don't get at no point did Warner Brothers say we need a new director. Yeah. Like we need to, sh- we need fresh blood in here because this isn't working anymore. This guy's clearly out of ideas. And I think what Warner Brothers found comfortable in him, like you were saying, he's a yes man. He just yes manned everything. And I, I really think he yes manned his way through the Fantastic Beast mm-hmm. stuff. And you know, it, it's it's unfortunate because now it's kind of driven into the ground a little bit. Yeah. But it's unfortunate what he brought to the table well, here it's because just... it's nothing. It's it's the same ideas, and that's what's upsetting that he didn't yeah. think. Let me bring new ideas. I, it's it's mind blowing. I'm just like I yeah. don't get it. I don't get where why you wouldn't have new ideas at this point. It's just like if the whole point is that we're building to this darkness. Grindelwald is this darkness. If the if the movie starts as gray and dark, like then what's even how what's are we gonna the di- point? How are we gonna differentiate between what's the dark? Why didn't why didn't why doesn't it start out vibrant and happy? Yeah. And then we keep going, and maybe by movie three or four, we start to see that darkness creep in, and we go, "Oh, Grindelwald!" Which is exactly what the Harry Potter franchise right. did. Right, and, we, and yeah. we're watching this going, "Oh, Grindelwald's getting powerful. It's starting to get dark now," which makes sense because we're on movie four. Like, yeah. okay, great. Yeah. And then five is uh, you know the big epic Dumbledore Grindelwald battle, which I don't think we're ever going to see, but <laughs> unfortunately, but um, yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, um, that's David Yates. But yeah. there's somebody else I think in this equation we need to talk about. Written by J.K. Rowling. Written by J.K. Rowling. I have now, nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, as we've addressed during the Harry Potter stuff, we understand there's yeah. some controversy and here. And this is when she's and getting this is controversial. When, this yeah. is when she's getting controversial. And, you know, she's probably... This is probably the most involved in the wizarding world she's ever been yeah. through this series. The, of the I movies, mean, definitely. Of the movies, yes. she's, this is the most involved she's ever been. I mean, she's writing. I believe she has executive producer credits this time around. I mean, she's... Well, she, very, she started at the end of the Harry Potter movies like right. the last two i think the last two yeah. so she stays on as executive producer and she literally wrote the script i said it already i don't think she's a screenwriter i no. really don't i no. don't think she's a good screenwriter i think it's it's a bad script i can't believe they just let her write whatever she wanted and then had david yates film it you probably should have had steve cloves look it over yeah. or just had steve cloves write it with her like mm-hmm. co-write it um which they kind of figure out later on not that it helps it too but late. they kind of figure it out later on a little too late but it is wild to me that they just said let's just let Rowling go and whatever she does that's we're going to back it 100% and I think this kind of shows that giant production companies like this like Warner Brothers maybe shouldn't put all their eggs in one basket like that and just completely entrust this person with writing a screenplay when they've never done it before. Well that's what I was saying earlier is it definitely seems like this is a case of Warner Brothers just saying we want more Harry Potter stuff and they're going at the door and they're knocking can we please have some more Harry Potter? Like... (laughs) Like, 
then she's just like, can we please have And she's like, well, I gave her, you know, I, you know, it's like trick or treat and she's your Halloween. She's like, well, I already gave out the full size candy bars. Here's like the minis. Here's you know? the minis. Here's the, here's the, minis here's you the fun have. size. You know, like, get you, out of here. you can have those. Like, but you know, it, it's just like they're going to that her and please, like, whatever, yeah. you know, whatever they, what, she, they have to basically take whatever she wants right. to do. Right. Like, if she says, well, I have this idea, it's not like they're going to go, well, no, we don't want that. Like, she, they really don't have a choice. They don't have like, a choice. They, yeah. like, it's, if she they're wants, basi- they're basically beholden to If her. they want more Harry Potter and she wants to write X story, then they're getting X story. Doesn't yeah. care if they want Y or Z, they're getting X. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, that's what it is. So yeah. she has this story. That's what they're going to do. And that's what they're going to take. And you're right. She's not a screenwriter. And, and I, I think, again, I think that this probably would be a very interesting book, but I, uh, maybe it should have been a book. Maybe, maybe they should have been. Maybe they should have, maybe she should have decided, well, because I'm doing movies, maybe I will write these out. We can make adaptations off of these books. Yeah. Instead of just going, hey, well, let's go straight into she, the let's make a movie. She literally could have said, instead of five movies, she said she could have said, I'm going to write five books about Fantastic Beasts. Again, the Fantastic Beasts tagline is something we're going to talk about in later films. But she literally could have written five books building up the Grindelwald stuff and had the final book be the Grindelwald-Dumbledore fight yeah. and be this whole thing. And that could have been a book series. And then those were turned into adaptations where yeah. Steve Cloves, again, was writing and streamlining as we love to see we love yeah. to see it there's so much missing from the script it's on her you know it is on her yeah um there's no one else she didn't co-write this with anybody like it is on her the things that are missing are on her and i really feel like what we got was and i've kind of equated this to who she is before but kind of i really felt like she wrote the script in her giant mansion by herself and was telling herself these are the best ideas in the world yeah. and then they put and then she puts it out films it and people are like wait what's going on here yeah. Like what? What? Wait. What is this? The, and well, because it's, it's she, weird. Because the the Harry Potter books are very like lore based. Yeah. But what the movies were able to do is because they are basing off the books, they are able to explain the lore the way it needed to be yes. in the movies. Right. They talked about in the Harry Potter twentieth anniversary special. Why we watched it when we did the re- the retrospective. They when they wanted to introduce Quidditch. Quidditch can be very confusing for people who had never seen it before. So they literally went to her and they said, "Like, how do we explain Quidditch?" And they wrote. She wrote them like a like a a guidebook basically mm-hmm. on how to play Quidditch. Right. And they literally there is literally a five minute sequence in the first Harry Potter book to yep. explain how Quidditch is played. Right? right. They're able to do that. Here, she doesn't take the time to do any of that. Like, if you're not on board with this lore and you don't know, and and you probably not only have you have to have watched every Harry Potter movie, you probably have had to read every Harry Potter book, and honestly, you probably have had to read some other stuff too. That the some of the Pottermore stuff, and and I know like there there was a technically a Fantastic Beasts movie or Fantastic there was a Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them book yeah. that she did release. Right, it was a as part of like I think a charity thing. It was it was literally the the textbook. It was really it wasn't textbook. a story. Yeah, it, it was just the textbook. Absolutely, yes, I know. But you you probably have to read that too. You need to be aware of this to get an idea. Some of the creatures in the movie are probably from that book. Yeah, and your your people are the, the real Lord like. <laughs> I hate to use it, like lore nerds. Yeah, or like lore lovers. Lore like, lovers, yeah. that's probably a better term. <laughs> <laughs> nerds! <laughs> to, 
divide the fan base. No, um, probably read that Fantastic yeah. Beast book and said, and we're watching the movie going, oh, it's this thing, it's this thing. But for like you and I, I mean, I didn't read that book. No, I didn't really read anything beyond the Harry Potter series. No. I didn't go, I didn't read any of the Pottermore stuff. And I'm sure that's where Rowling's pulling all this out of from. But it's like the fact that you're just expecting a general audience to be that invested in your world yeah. really kind of shows how out of touch yeah, you well, are. Yeah, well, it is. It shows that, that she has faith in an audience that you like. Not, uh, general audiences aren't dumb, but you do have to make it so that anybody can watch your movie. You right. have to find a way to explain it. Like, you can't expect everyone in that theater yeah, to have read well, everything you've done. There, there are certain things, right? Like, I think you earn you earn it over movies. The Harry Potter movies could do it near the end because right. they it was the seventh and the eighth Harry Potter movie. Right. If you're you're not going to go to a theater. To watch a movie and go, I've never seen a Harry Potter movie. Let's check out the eighth one. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to do that. Yes. But this is technically a new thing. You have to get... This is a new franchise. Like, it's it's a spinoff series, right? Mm -hmm. But it's a new new beginning. You might get people into the Wizarding World. People that, that never... Like Harry Potter, I might go, actually, you know what? That Fantastic Beast thing sounds interesting. I love animals. I love mythical creatures. Right. Maybe I'll go check that out to see that. Maybe, you know, you make you need to make it welcoming. This this new thing. Like, yes, you can maybe have ties and references and, and there and lore is okay, but like you can't be completely like, well, you can only, you know, you're only gonna really appreciate this movie if you've seen all the movies and the right. books and all this stuff. You, you can't. Like you mm-hmm. you have to be welcoming. Like, yes, Captain America Civil War can be based on, you know, all of these movies before because it's it's what? The eleventh, twelfth, I don't know, like whatever, yeah, something whatever some it teen, is. Yeah. Something in the teens right, right. of the of the MCU. And if you're going to see it, you're going to see it. Right. You know what I mean? But like this, it's a new thing. You need to be welcoming and, and accepting of anybody who wants to watch these movies and not being like, I'm really f- confused right, right now. Right. Because I don't know who this is? I don't know who Grindelwald is. Why are they talking about this Grindelwald guy? Who is this? What does it mean? What's his connection to Dumbledore? I don't right. understand any of this. Right. And they're trying. Well, you, you know this, like you know, uh, Colin Farrell's uh, character, who is actually secretly Grindelwald, says Dumbledore, and you're supposed to be like, "Hey, Dumbledore!" Like right, you know, right, if right. you're supposed to know that, like it's it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. And she really loads it on to the audience. It's, it is so out. It is so out of touch. It, yeah. it, it is so out of touch of like how to set this up and. And maybe it's because she wrote the first story mm-hmm. so long ago right. that starting back at the beginning and writing a beginning again, she's so like used to writing a second, third, fourth, fifth inter- This feels like the third or second or third movie in a franchise. Yes. It feels like there's something that came before this that we're missing. You know right. what I mean? Like. Right. I mean, I, I don't have much else to say on her. I just, I do feel like a lot of the problems lie with her. And I feel like the other half of the problems lie with David Yates. And I think the biggest problem that we can probably agree on here is that I don't see any new blood attached no. here. The last... I, see, I see the same exact people coming back to do the same exact thing. And I think audiences were starting to pick up on that scent and going, yeah. this is the same. Like, they're not doing anything different. And um, if you're going to keep going with a brand new Wizarding World story, you got to make it different. Yeah. Like, you cannot go in there and say, let's just do the same thing over again. No, it has to be different. The last thing I'll say about J.K. Rowling is that maybe she should have spent uh, spent less time on Twitter and more time working on her script. So <laughs> Got her. <laughs> uh, but uh, budget, my friend. Sure. 
175 to 200 million yep, dollar. They budget. paid out. Not so, shocking. I mean, it, look, it looks like it. It looks yeah, good. It looks yeah, like it. It looks, it looks good, like you know, it. Yeah. But a box office. It's an 814 million dollar. I box knew office. that this was high, but again, I as I said it's, at the beginning, it is that hype. You it's know. the hype, and it's the excitement to be back in the Wizarding yes. World. This is the first Wizarding World movie since the ending of Harry Potter. Five years. Of course, it's going to make this money. Like that didn't shock me because no. I was like, of course, people are excited no. to get back. They want to see it. Yeah, I'm not shocked by that. It's the first one, and. I, I knew this was like really high because yeah. I was like, of course, people showed up. But can't wait to talk those numbers in the coming weeks. <laughs> but uh, yeah, makes sense. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores. Uh, critics. This is certified fresh at 74%. I can see why. Yeah. I can see why. Um, well, it's, I think it's like you talked about. Is it maybe the first time after it's it? It's the first and time after it. Maybe. I'm wondering, too, if the reason why it didn't work for me as well is because we know... Right after seeing where this, this goes. the second <laughs> the second and third one, not just where it goes, but like the stuff that they're halting this movie to do, yeah, to uh, tell uh, these stories and 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 uh, John Voight, right, and spending all this time on this John Voight thing. Why the f- is John Voight in this movie? Why the f- <laughs> is John Voight in this movie? But like spending time there, I can't wait to see what John Voight does in the second movie. Oh, he's... He never comes back. He's not in the second movie? Never comes back. He's not back. in the third movie? Like, 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 we spent all this time with his character, with all these other Second Salem characters, with all this stuff. We don't see half these characters again. Yep. We don't see half these stories ever again. Like, I think my big thing about why this movie fails, and again, not to get into it, but like, is is I think retroactively this movie, the second and third movie, make this a worse movie yeah. because it, it we're setting this up, we're setting this up, and then we never capitalize it. Like right. like if this was a hey, well, this is the first movie, we're setting all this up, we're gonna we're we're gonna finish these stories. Maybe yeah, seventy four percent makes sense. Right. But like just trailing off and being like, well, you know, we just left half of this stuff. Like doesn't make any sense. So yeah. I understand why the critics would like it coming in, but I, yeah, I wonder absolutely. if like. Retroactively, Retroactively, people yeah. are like, and if, I mean, you look at the second and the third one. I think that they shows. They pick up on it more. That shows, yeah. yeah. But I'm wondering if they look back now on this, they'd be like, oh, maybe not. But I, I, I do understand why it is 76. I mean, 74. Like, 74, I'm sorry. But like I said, again, with this movie, this is probably the one we're going to most likely be the, the kindest towards. Yes, yeah. And yeah. Um, the other two are not. But, you know, we're probably going to be the kindest towards this. So I understand the 74. I yeah. do. Um, audience is fresh at 79 percent yeah i get that too again it's that it's that craze of coming back well my friend you want to talk about this cast let's do it all right starring eddie redmayne as newt scamander mm. Catherine waterston as tina goldstein don't get attached dan fogler as jacob kowalski allison sadul as queenie goldstein samantha morton as mary marion marion lou Ezra Miller as Credence Barebone, John Voight as Henry Shaw Sr., Colin Farrell as Percival Graves, Ron Perlman as Nurlac, and Johnny Depp as Gellert Grindelwald. We're not going to bother talking about half these people yeah. because they don't even need to talk about half these people, but where do you want to start for this cast? I heard two really controversial names. <laughs> <laughs> I counted two controversial names right now. So I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think we need to talk Johnny Depp. No, this no. This this is, yeah. it but is, we can, it's literally a cameo. It is. And, and but I, I just because it's introducing him. Did they reveal this. that he was Grindelwald before the movie? Yes. They did. They did. I would have kept that under wraps. Yes. They, I would have completely well, kept I that wonder under wraps. That's if, shocking. I wonder if because obviously, you know, I, let's just talk about, we don't need to talk about him in the movie, but let's talk about him in general because I do feel like it'll save us some time next week. Sure. Of yeah, like, you know, obviously Johnny Depp, very controversial, had the, had the, just got out of his trial. The trial and everything Everyone like that. Everyone was talking and about it, yeah. For years, these accusations have been around him and everything and when this 
movie came out, I think it was right when those accusations were starting. Yes. And again, I'm, I'm, I haven't, like I usually do, I don't usually follow a lot, a lot of this. I followed the trial a little bit. Um, mostly just because it was it was everywhere. It was like, everywhere. You really you couldn't, couldn't you couldn't escape you it. couldn't escape it. I think like when this movie came out it was like right when those accusations started. And mm-hmm. I think they wanted to kind of get on top of that. So that I th- I feel like they announced it maybe just because they knew it was controversial and right. they didn't think want people to go in and see that he was them and be like right. oh my god what is right, this, what right. is happening so. Sure. They did come out. J.K. Rowling did support him and come out. Her mm. support le- holds less weight now. Yeah, holds obviously, less weight now. than it did at the time. And I mean, they, they, <laughs> I mean, they stuck by him for another movie. Yes. Yeah, so. Well, well, she came out and said, "I, I think she said something." Well, again, I did not look into this, but I think she said something along the lines of, "I have met with him. He has told me his side of the story. Right. He has showed me evidence, and I think she's claimed that he is. She saw some of that evidence that I think that we would see later, later in the trial. In the trials that yeah. she showed her his side of the story." So and again, I don't know. I'm not involved sure. in any of that. Yeah, whatever. Not, I mean, um, this I, we have our own opinions, whatever. But I, I think our I think our general opinion on that trial was that was just messy, and both people were very clearly at One, different times in the in the wrong. One hundred percent. So yeah, but. So yeah, they did announce that. I th- I feel like the only reason why they did is because those accusations were gotcha, starting gotcha. And, the, and the hate was starting on him, and people wanted they wanted to get on top of that. Right. Okay. Cool. Well, so. that's all we have to talk about with because <laughs> they're really you, you can't really talk about the character. You just no. can't. There's no, nothing, no, no. There's, there's literally, nothing there. Well, I mean, the characters technically in the movie. The well, the characters there. Are, yes, the characters it's not there. But it's a different. Yeah, and we'll talk about that guy. But um, I want to. Can we touch on just like Ron Perlman quick too? I do like the role. It's one scene. It's one scene, but like it's it's upsetting. It's one scene because I think he does a good job with what he's given. Like I think he he plays that slimy thing very well, yeah. and he does a good job with it. I just wish he was in the movie more because I was kind of like, oh, this is an interesting character, and he's really good at it. But yeah, I just wish there was more of him. I think yeah. that's all I wanted to say. Uh, well, who else do you want to talk about? Do you want do you want to hit the other like problematic figure in this movie? Yeah, let's talk Ezra Miller. Yep, they are in this movie. Yep, and we have to kind of discuss. <laughs> them as well yes very um, clearly we have to talk about them and we have to talk about what <laughs> this this one is a harder one to talk about because like johnny depp has had this trial and he's been going through all of his stuff yeah but like ezra miller has had continual accusations it's throughout she, the years they there is, keep there is burying like, themselves yes yes they keep burying themselves and there is this constant like it feels like every few months there's another accusation or there's a video that rises up with yes. them doing something they should not be doing yeah say like choking a woman in a bar so that well that, and the thing the thing with that is that came out like what is it like a couple days after the pandemic started yep, yep. so like nobody talked about it and it kind of got buried because it you know it, and i was a really big fan of, of ezra miller like i was hoping that their career their career would take off and i, I was oh i really when they got these big roles like flash and and yeah. fantastic beasts was, that's awesome like i hope that they continue to do well yeah and then i say something like that i'm like oh i hope for that like but that, that video was so confusing because it's like the woman was kind of laughing and you couldn't tell if like if it was like a joke or sure, like sure. what was really happening but then like more evidence comes out and recently like things now i feel like it's literally like you said literally like every month is like here's the ezra miller like yeah. time, it's that ezra miller's time of the month and right, right. here they are and wrecking havoc all over hawaii wreaking havoc all over hawaii and i still don't understand how you're not having a good time in hawaii but um look they are a very controversial figure right now and Mm. there's a lot of i i would say 
very heavy accusations against them yes. right now yes. that are should not be taken lightly. Yes. No, no, no. And, and, we're, um, and we're not trying to make fun of, of no, that. No, no, no. no, that no. Shouldn't, you know, they should not be taken lightly. And if evidence comes out, more evidence comes out, I, I hope they're held accountable yes. um, to some degree because there there's some... I mean, from what I... The stuff I've seen recently, I've it's worrying is yeah. what I would say. It's it just, worrying. It is. And um, it's it's tough to kind of like, again, look at Warner Brothers and they're not doing anything about them. Yeah, well, th- well that's and what's frustrating is that weird. clearly Johnny Depp faced consequences for his... For his actions and his reputation and whatever these accusations were right but the and 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 look the Ezra Miller accusations are just now starting to get to the point that like the Johnny Depp ones got right. to right and because before it was kind of like oh you know it's like physical accusation or f- physical altercations in a bar like are not a good look mm-hmm. but like that seemed to be it like and it was very much like oh there's a maybe a mental issue or something going on with sure. that. But now you're, you're right. There are some, some heavier accusations being deemed now, but like right. Johnny Depp had accusations and he's out of the movie. Right. Ezra Miller time and time again, still in the movie, still attached to be the flash that's coming out uh, next year. Yep. There's no word of a recast. word of a recast or we're going to try and, and salvage this or Hey, we've this movie is done we have no choice but to release this movie but go moving forward we're going to be moving in a different direction you know what i mean like if if even if they the movie i get it the movie's been worked on for four years three years they've a been, very I long mean, time been slaving over that movie like yeah. i get it release the movie like i understand that they, they, right. they, 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 they too I, much money went into it at this point that to, it needs yeah, to because, go especially out. because ezra miller's playing at least a double role in this movie yeah they are and it is like what are they going to do it's just like like even if you were to recast like it's way too much and i and i get it but just say hey we understand they are causing problems they they are you know they have dealing with some issues right now we're going to let them go through it and we're going to move in a different direction moving forward but we are going to release the movie the way we had it but just know that this came you know these accusations came out after this movie was made what are we going to do right you know what i mean right so and that's I think we'd all love to see WB just cop to that and just say, "Hey, look, it, we understand." It's just an inconsistent we under- thing. We understand they are problematic right now. We understand that there is accusations, but from our side, we have put a lot of money in this movie. Yeah. And we are going to release it still as it is because we can't pour more money into into it for a recast. Yeah, well, because so one, we're going to put it out. One problematic person maybe in this they movie. Could, what they? I mean, and we've said this before. You literally could have a new Flash by the end of the movie. Yeah, like you could have somebody else pop out. Yeah, and maybe Warner Brothers says the movie is going to star them. Yeah, they are going to be in it. But by the end of the movie, what we can promise you is that there will be a new Flash on screen. Yeah. We are not going to tell you who it is, but yeah. there will be somebody new in the costume. Yeah. And that's how you solve it because right there. Because as for one problematic person in the movie, there are hundreds, hundreds of hardworking, wonderful people who are slaving over this movie. Right. Actors and crew members and editors yeah. and vid- visual effects people. Right. The people and makeup artists and all these people who have spent all this time and it would be it would it would be messed up to say well, your work's never going to see the light of day because right. this of this one person's actions. Right. You know what I mean? So, uh, so I understand that. But but as far as they go in this movie, 
So anyway, Credence. Yeah, the character <laughs> of Credence, like, this is one of the aspects. I'm like, boring. Does this character need to be in this movie? No. What is the purpose of this character? They very clearly don't understand why why this character is here, what they're going to do with this character. It's it just, it. I don't know. It's, Credence I do, is boring. It, I mean, it is. Credence I, is a that boring whole, That whole second Salem storyline, to me, could be cut out. And I don't think it's needed at all. I gotta be honest with you. I hate the Second Salem stuff. Me too. I hate that it's called Second Salem. Me too. I I hate that it's like it's just this depressing part of this movie where every time you go there, it's like these angsty kids doing weird things and they're all very like downtrodden and it's like this is just upsetting. And I like, hate it's, the fake out. It's very yeah, clearly fake not out. a fake it's clearly, out. But... Right. It's clearly not a fake out. Like you know that it's credence the whole time. Yeah. Like, it's obviously Credence. Why are they focusing on him so much? It's not this little girl. It's yeah. obviously Credence. And it's just a weird thing. And I, I just find it depressing. I don't even... I just... I don't find the character all that interesting. And again, that's another thing we're going to talk about these movies go on. Because Credence becomes kind of this major character through the rest of these movies. Yeah. And they, they really try to, like, do interesting things with him. And it's, it's just not... Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. Cre- the Credence character doesn't work. No, it doesn't. It, it really... You're absolutely right. And they they it definitely seems like they feel like they're chained to the Credence character. Like, once they decided to bring the Credence character back the second time, like, well, right. now we just got to keep it. You know, keep, right. keep him in the movie. Right. And it, and it was hard. And they very clearly, like, it seems like J.K. Rowling ran out of ideas for what to do with Credence. And, <laughs> and Yes. It, Yes, yeah. she did. And and I don't, and look, I mean, we talked about like the behavior of Ezra Miller. Like, I don't know if the accusations or their behavior or anything have played a fact on it, but they very clearly uh, are look, looking like they're trying to work credence out of the franchise. So they're working hard on it. I mean, we're, we'll and we'll talk when Secrets of Dumbledore yes, comes around. Yeah. But um, yeah, it seems that they they are actively trying to write them out of mm-hmm. of this <laughs> franchise uh, if it continues. Yeah. But it, it is um, yeah. I I don't like anyway. I don't like the Credence character. No, 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 no. I think we've spent enough time on controversial yeah, yeah, yeah. figures. Let's go. Let's let's move into the other people. Uh, well, before I, I, we have the, before we get the main four, there's two more people I think we need to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one of them uh, maybe why trying to figure out why he's in the movie we'll talk about it in a minute but before we get there I want to talk about Colin Farrell I do want to talk about Colin Farrell I like him in this role first off this is exactly this is exactly what I'm talking about though why isn't Colin Farrell in the rest of the movies right like why isn't wh- Colin why isn't Colin Farrell in the rest of these movies why isn't Colin Farrell Gellert Grindelwald is my question <laughs> because I'm like he's really he good. very easily because they make it sound like Grindelwald's this mysterious person and nobody really knows what he looks like that right. much anyway like right. he could have just been that that is Grindelwald. If if they do want to, if they are doubling down the Johnny Depp is Grindelwald, that's fine. But then Percival Graves must be a real person, right? So let's see. Yep. Let's see him. Let's Bring see him back. Graves. Like they, like it reminds me of kind of like a, it would be just a Mad Eye Moody situation mm-hmm. where you bring actual Percival Graves back and we get to see what I would assume would be the more honorable side of yes, this guy. Like the better. Because yeah. I, I would imagine that yes, maybe he is a little bit like hard hardened, like a little bit like hard nosed, you know, very like into his work, but has the best intentions, right? Um, whereas the Percival Graves we get here clearly doesn't have the best intentions and is working this whole thing with credence and trying to fit you know so i would love to see percival graves as yeah. the actual person yeah and get to see him work with yep. newt scamander work yep. with these with this yep. group of people and it's upsetting that they don't bring him back because i think he's very good in this movie for what he has to do yep. and you know again is it <laughs> is it like the most interesting role no 
But yeah. it's there was room to grow. Yeah. That's for sure. I there think, was absolutely room to grow. And I would have loved it. Like, I love seeing Colin Farrell in anything because I think he's just a great actor. Yeah, yeah. And I would have loved to see him come back in other movies because he doesn't really do the franchise stuff that much. So yeah. it'd be really cool to, to see him come back in this in this role. Yeah, but, I think I think the any problems that we have with the role is the fact that he is Graves as Grindelwald. And, right. and I think him as Graves could be really interesting take to see and a really interesting yeah. character to see and could have been a good ally to have. And I don't know if it is. I don't know if that it was Farrell saying, like you said, maybe I don't want to be a friend. I don't want to do a franchise. I don't want to do another one type of thing. I don't know if, that, if right. that's what it was. Or maybe, or, like, yeah, maybe he was like, I'm just doing this one for the money and that's it. Yeah. And, yeah. Or like, I, I like this idea, but I don't want to come back type right. of thing. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. Or if they, they just ever, wrote him out completely. Yeah. And or, 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 if, or if like maybe her intention was that Graves the character because because it doesn't look like it's a polyjuice potion type of thing. We never see him drinking anything. We never. He doesn't see him transform back the normal way. Newt, yep. Newt reveals it, so maybe maybe there was never maybe uh, J.K. Rowling's intention was that there never was an actual Graves, and this is a is a made up person that right. that, that Grindelwald been... is masquerading mm-hmm. as. Maybe Grindelwald always has been Graves. I right. I don't know, but I think you very easily could have just if the reaction and the reaction after this movie was, man, I really did like Colin Farrell in this movie. I remember people saying like, I really hope they bring him back. Like he could be, he could come back. Even if that was the intention of like Graves isn't real, you can just say, no, no, no he, there's a real Graves and, and we'll bring him back. You know right. what I mean? And Colin right. Farrell will come back. So right. I don't know what it is, but there, the, the, the fact that he does doesn't return is the biggest it's it's a fumble it is definitely a fumble it's an absolute fumble of this franchise yeah it's an absolute fumble okay you want to talk (laughs) you want to talk about him i just want to figure look ryan i have one question for you okay what is your what's your question why the is john voight in this movie look i know we're cursing a lot in this one and i apologize but it's funny it also (laughs) is it's is a it is frustrating like i literally we literally were just texting non-stop the last couple days (laughs) just back and forth why the is John Voight in this movie. <laughs> to be honest with you, I'm going to tell you right now. Yes. I, again, I've seen this movie twice, right? Mm-hmm. You watched this movie a couple months ago. I did. For The Secrets of Dumbledore, yes. as you mentioned. You texted me and you're like, hey, John Voight seems very wasted in this movie. And I go, John Voight's not in the movie. You literally said, <laughs> yeah, you did. You went, John Voight's not in the movie. And I went, no, he's, I'm looking right at him. He's here. <laughs> like, he's not in the, you must be mistaken. John Voight's not in the <laughs> And you're like, no, he definitely is. And I was like, what? Yeah. So then, so then I like started the movie and I see where they come in and they and his son or yep. one of his sons, his, his like crazy son and then there's the political son or his conspiracy yeah. son and his and political son. Yes. His conspiracy son brings in the second sandwich people to his newspaper. Right. And he's like, oh, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, and I, I had myself convinced. I'm like, oh yeah, there's a whole like subplot here about like John Voight running the newspaper in support of the second Salem nope. after the death of his son, right? Like I'm like, oh yeah, that guy dies and like yep. and there's like and it's, that's what it is right no no 100% like I had to have myself falsely and I was like and like have like watch this movie I'm like, oh yeah John Voight's in this movie like they kept coming he's in a couple of scenes he's in I think three scenes and he doesn't do that well much he's in the big movie. opening where they come into the, the newspaper He's at the dinner, and he's at the he's at the end. He's at the very end where he has one line where he goes, "Look, pick a photo," <laughs> and that's the line. I'm not even kidding you. And he delivers it with zero emotion, and he goes, "Look, I mean, take a photo." We literally and joked, like, about, and, and you're like watching. You're like, "Was he there for a day?" Well, we literally joked about like it felt. It literally felt like John Voight walked on the set of yes. the movie. And was like, this looks cool. I'm just going to stay. Yeah. Like, like, I literally think he wandered onto the set one day. They dressed him up and they just put him out there. And they were like, oh, John Voight's here. I guess he's in it. 
and they were just like letting him go. But like he really looks disinterested yeah. in being in this movie, which it, which kind of shocks me because it's like when you get not like when you get John Voight, it's it, it's not like he's like this massive. No, talent, but he but is like, a name that could elevate your movie. He's a name that could elevate your movie, and he seems very disinterested the entire time. He doesn't really seem like he wants to be there. Well, he's, I'm wondering. If he himself is also a kind of a controversial figure. He himself and is we're also not a controversial figure. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you, but. <laughs> It's also one of those so things where maybe he's very controversial. Yeah. No, this whole this is like a very just I know. We, we have to like really go through all this, but like I can't wait for like Eddie Redmayne to come out as like a sociopath. <laughs> like, but yeah, he's he's very uh, wasted in this movie, I guess you could say. But I also think he wasn't that interested in being in the movie to begin no, with. I no. think maybe he just took it because he was like, oh, it's a big franchise movie and they'll pay me I, a lot of I, money to do I, it. I, I, again, I told you, I 100% he never heard the word Harry Potter. I, he, I, he, <laughs> didn't know, he, he did not know what this was. I know. They were like, we have this they movie. Walked in it's set in the 1920s. It's a magical world. And he went, okay. And they said, yeah, it's in the Harry Potter world. He said, who? who? He went, who? who? And, and he, he walked on set and said, when am I going to meet this Harry guy? Like, that's <laughs> like he that, that's what to make this Harry guy and they literally said uh, and they gave him the title of the movie they said Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them and he went I like beasts and then he's just there yeah and he was just there like I don't think he knew exactly what this was no. I don't think he was interested it felt like a payday role to I me. literally googled why is John Boyd in this movie <laughs> and I couldn't find anything it's just articles saying that he's in it but the, I couldn't find a, a there was reason no, like, there's no reddit sub threat about this I couldn't find anything it, it just maybe it, we should start it <laughs> maybe we like, should start even, it even the point of, of like the fact that like like the, if you want to give him the movie that's fine put him in the movie even if it's for a couple scenes that's fine but like his his storyline serves absolutely no purpose this, his, there this, is literally no reason the story of his of his sons serve no purpose his his other son that's left alive serves no purpose that the death of his son supposed to be this big thing nobody cares the guy's nobody had like cares. one line he's had one line it, it, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything and the one line that he said was like he was mean like, <laughs> like he like credence like drops the thing and then he he's, like, he's like well get out of here freak, freak. yeah and he calls him a freak and you're like kind of hope this guy dies and then he does and you're like oh good good <laughs> And then John Voight walks up and tries to do the whole they massacred my boy crap. And you're just like, I don't care that they massacred your boy. I'm glad they did. Cedric Diggory's dad walks in and he goes, That's my son! That's my boy! <laughs> Good old Amos Diggory. Oh, I love Amos. And then he looks at John Voight and he goes, That's how you do it. Yeah, and then he walks off set. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really um we're spending way too much time on John Voight. Uh, no, but he doesn't he shouldn't be in this movie is what I'm saying. But and again, but it, I don't get why it, he's here. It, it, but the, the big thing is like, if you're going to have a character like a a Graves or a or whatever John Voight's character's name is, I don't remember John Voight, whatever. Why the point of that is because we're setting up for the future, right? She spends half this movie setting up for the future, and 75% of the movie, the stuff that she sets up, never comes to fruition. So it's right. just like, what is even the point of this? It has it holds no weight and no point. I don't know. Unless I'm forgetting like half of Crimes of Grindelwald, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. Mm-mm. So I mean, look, I did I know I didn't remember John Voight was in this movie, but like I'm 99% sure he's not in the second he's one. Not, he's not, <laughs> no, I'm hundred percent He's not. He's not. He's only in this one. Okay, do you want to talk about the four main characters? All right, let's do it. Yeah, let's jump in. These are wonderful actors, and these these are wonder these are wonderful characters. Yes, I these agree. top four. So we have Eddie this is Redmayne. Where, this is where the story is. Eddie Redmayne as Newt Scamander, Catherine Waterston as Tina Goldstein, Dan Fogler as Jacob Kalowski, and Allison Sado as Queenie Goldstein. These are four incredible 
characters all fit really well into this world the, and it, it, it the story around them is really wonderful it's really good i mean the chemistry between these characters yes the four each of them it, yeah it really feels like that is reminiscent to me of the harry potter yes. stuff where i'm like oh i like these four together like i really like seeing these four people together and it works i mean every single one brings has their own personality brings their own thing to it they each kind of have their own <laughs> like role that they play but like every single one of them is interesting to watch you're invested in all four of their stories like you want to see them succeed and they're all just like they're all really really well-written characters. Like, I'll give her credit. I'll give J.K. Rowling credit there. These are well-written characters, yes. and I like them a lot. Yeah, it just, the, the chemistry between them is really good. Yeah. And should we do each one individually? Yeah, we can talk about that. So do you want to talk about Let's start with Queenie first. Yes, okay. Because she's the one of the four that's probably in the movie the least. I probably think, right? in there the yeah. least, but is is also one of the most entertaining, I would say. She's yes. very fun. She, oh, like, she's I, a scene stealer. She's a scene stealer. I love the legitimate thing. I love that she can read minds because yeah. it's just like, she's having conversations with people and they're not even... Even speaking to her yeah and she's just like oh you feel that way and they're just like stop like yeah. stop doing that the, when she helps them break out of the i mean i'm just gonna call it the ministry of magic yeah go for no, it nobody cares nobody, nobody knows cares. nobody cares what it's called <laughs> uh the ministry of magic or whatever she helps them break out of that and she comes to get jacob and she goes and saves newton and, and tina or tries to save newton and tina uh, it's it's really fun and, yeah. and he, you know and it's just it, there's a lot of really great interactions. She's very sweet and and she plays like the I don't say this appropriate like the, she plays the sexiness of her character off very well. Like oh that's like, appropriate. It, yeah, it, it, it very like her character like she's almost like a slinky if that makes sense. Yeah, Is that like the right word like it's very like yeah I think so. I think so. I like, know what you're saying. Yeah. like like she like she. Wait, she wears the sexiness with pride, but doesn't flaunt it. Like right. she's not like stripping or half naked. It, or... it kind of reminds me of like um, because this movie's in the twenties. It kind of reminds me of like a uh, like like a femme fatale. Yeah, you kinda, know, kind of like that. Yeah, or like, you know, I mean, it is like the the flapper kind of like yeah. style a little bit. Like like she like you know she says to Jacob at one point like you know almost every guy I meet thinks exactly what you thought this, the first time it's it's okay like right. you know what i mean like she's aware of it you know what yeah, i mean yeah. but but uh, but at the end of the day what works is that her relationship with jacob isn't based off of that you know what i mean yes. it's it's not like a oh well you're just so hot i want to i want to be with you type of right. thing it's not and 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 their the, chemistry their, is so the good chemistry too. is unbelievable yeah. and it will be the one thing in all three of these movies that we will talk about right. that that does kind of the saving grace of all three of well, these movies well i think you're going to find some some disappointment in crimes. No, well, no, well. I mean, because I because well, they're not really together. Crimes is. I'm just gonna say it now. Crimes is like character assassination. No, but well, I, I, I remember what happens. I, I will. I will say it's character assassination. But I will say that I think uh, in this movie that chemistry is very very strong. Yeah. But I, I, I like just think I think together. those two actors still have chemistry even in something like that where sure. the, where the story doesn't hold it up. Right. There's still natural chemistry between the two of them. Right. Agree. You really do feel that love and do, and do you want to tie that into Kolyowski Jacob Kolyowski look I'm gonna let you go here this is your this is your character uh, I mean Dan Fogler is simply incredible in this role I agree uh this is a guy who like had kind of like I again I listened to an interview with him um and he kind of had said himself like he was kind of fumbling through like comedic roles and he yeah. did like did he do like the what's the balls of fury he did the balls of fury movie. I know he did uh one of my 
old personal favorites, uh, <laughs> Take Me Home Tonight. Take Me Home Tonight, things like that. Like, But he never, like, he was always kind of like the, he was like the goofy best friend for a little bit, or like, they tried to make him like a leading comedic actor, and, it, yeah. and he never, like, the properties he got, movies he got, never really took off. Right. And he f- finally found success with this, and, and really, like, was able to highlight how charming he is, how funny he is, right. how sweet he can be. Right. And the character of Jacob Kowalski is in in many ways one of the most magical aspects of this entire movie <laughs> and this Fantastic Beast spinoff. Mm-hmm. And he's the only character in the God movie who can't do magic. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, he's... Like, he really is one of the most magical characters, and he's not even a wizard. Like, that's what's crazy. Like, it's so, not even through this movie, but every single movie, it is a, like, tour de force performance every single time, and he is a constant positive through every single one of these movies. And every time he is on screen, stealing the scene. I mean, literally stealing the scene, taking it, and running away, and you're like, this guy is unbelievable to watch. And I think he's finally starting to get that attention he deserves, and, um, is getting some pretty big roles now. I know he's currently on uh, Paramount Plus. Yeah, on the, playing uh, Francis Ford Coppola yeah, on yeah. the Offer show, uh, which is pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, it's nuts. But like, he's just so good in this movie, and he steals the scenes. And you know, he's a part of one of my favorite scenes in this movie. Yeah, and he's always just like on, and you can feel him connecting with this character and delivering on this character and it's almost like he got this job and he was like i'm not going to screw this up like i'm going to take this as serious not that he didn't take his past work seriously but he got this and almost coveted it and was like i'm going to make this work well it's it's crazy because like uh, this comparison might not he has like a theme too yeah well the the, piano yeah 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 that's that's like jazz yeah it's really it's really cool this comparison might not make sense at first, but he is kind of the the actual Harry Potter yeah. of this franchise because Harry is this conduit for the audience mm-hmm. in the Harry Potter movies that right. we're constantly watching his whimsy at this magical world and learning about the things that can happen. Again, besides Chamber of Secrets, where he really just kind of embraces things a right. too quickly. Right. But like you know, he walks into a tent and it's and it's big, and he goes, "Wow, I, I love magic." Right. Like, we're seeing, and and that's what Jacob's role is. is yeah. that He's the conduit through the eyes of Jacob. We are seeing this magical world again. Yeah. This this it's the same, but it's a little different. Again, it's a different country. Right. Uh, and they do establish it's a different environment. Like America does, America's wizarding community feels different than the British wizarding community. Right. But like you know, and and especially in the world of like these beasts and what it's like to see these animals, and and we are seeing uh, that through his eyes. Right. And he just does this wonderful job of like essentially being the audience and being the audience character. And yeah. if his performance does like his character is especially in this movie is like the most important right because if it doesn't if you don't like this guy if you don't love this guy then you're not going to like the ride that you're on yeah because he has to be this lovable and yeah he's kind of like the lovable loser in this movie but like he becomes so much more than that and like i know and people have and not to tie into the not to go into the other movies yet but people have kind of been like why do they keep bringing this guy back like character wise like if they have to do this big adventure in the third movie why do they pull the one magical non-magical character because this guy is is special he is a special person this jake he's a special special, yeah well uh, no match but uh he's a well he's a muggle by (laughs) by the later movies no match they go to London. <laughs> Last I checked, they go no, you're to right, England. You're right. 
But uh, you know, they, and you know, maybe he's so special that maybe he should have maybe should rule the Wizarding World. We'll talk about that in Secrets of Dumbledore. But like, you know, <laughs> like really, uh, they could have done some really great stuff with him, right. and, and we'll talk about that when we go there. But like, no, he is just a really incredible special he character, is. absolutely. And and Dan Fogler, like to me, has as like really nailed this like iconic Wizarding World character. Yes. So agree. Uh, when I think of the Wizarding World, I'm going to think of him. You Good know? for yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. So. All right, Catherine Waterston. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tina Goldstein. Tina Goldstein. Yeah, a good character, a yeah. really good character. Catherine Waterston is great in the role. She plays kind of that, uh, <laughs> so, like, kind of like clearly when we're introduced to this character, she is looking for, redemption. I guess, some sort of redemption for something she messed up. And I, I like how she's 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 pretty serious too. Like through a lot yes. of this, like she, you know, I mean, she <laughs> she pulls Newt in and she's like she's like, <laughs> oh, I'm taking you back. Like and yeah. just is like very hard on him and is like you know very by the book you can tell but obviously as time goes on we see her loosen up on all that which is very cool yeah. i love just that relationship she has with newt as it keeps going i like the relationship she has with queenie too i think yes. that's just such a unique like almost like yin and yang thing where like you know queenie's this like you know kind of out there character yes. and is very like almost like a luna love good and then you have Catherine waterston you have tina goldstein who's like very by the book and serious yeah. and it's like it's like this is a sitcom happening in this apartment yeah. like every day there's just this is a sitcom i love the unraveling of the character like she becomes looser yeah. and 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 more like wrapped up in this world and right. and 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 she just it the character and the actor i think but the character especially is very complimentary of newt yeah and i think it really like you know it really helps like that that was again their chemistry between them but the but the relationship really kind of helps with newt and helps her yes. like i really think like they're both it, kind of healing each other yes exactly yeah. because clearly they've both dealt with stuff in their past right. and, and issues and things like that but yeah it's it's definitely it's a fun role and really would have liked to see more of her you know we'll see more of her next week yeah um I really would have liked to see her a third time well i would have liked to see her a third time too unfortunately <laughs> we don't really get that maybe there's somebody else who's who's out for revenge against someone we don't know we don't know but uh, let's talk about the main man. Let's yes. talk about Mr. Newt's commander, Eddie Redman. So I know that this is a character, and I'll, before I you know talk about it myself, I know this is a character that people were kind of divided on, especially when the first movie came out. Um, I know a lot of people found him endearing, and a lot of people found him very annoying. What, do you, what are your thoughts hmm. on, on Newt's commander? I think he's both. <laughs> I, truly, I think he's both. I think he is endearing, but I also kind of do find him annoying at times. I think he what he is doing is very unique. Like, this is, this is a guy that is unlike any other wizard we've seen before. He's almost a little neurotic. You get the vibe that he's well, maybe a little neurotic. Like, just his facial features and the way he's moving. He is so dedicated to being a magizoologist. Magi yeah that it almost become it, it's almost his personality but you almost get the vibe that he has not even the vibe it's true he has delved so deeply into his work that he almost doesn't know how to make human connections well there's also the and i don't know if it's ever been confirmed but there's the uh -huh. belief that he is on somewhere on the autis autistic scale okay on the autism i would scale. buy that too yeah that, I, would, and, I would buy that, I think that too that like that is, on the spectrum yeah on the spectrum somewhere okay. that i think that and, and if that is true i think that's a really interesting choice i again i don't know if that's true and, and i don't know if it's like a if if that was a conscious decision by jk rowling by by eddie redmayne by right, whatever right. but you do kind of feel like but it, you're right it could also just simply be because he is so dedicated into animals that he's forgotten how to interact with humans right but some of his 
facial features and and just like it's the, very, the uncomfortable nature yeah. that he feels it seems like not not autistic I in mean, general but some type of form of of that or or somewhere it, it almost seems it, it almost yeah right it almost seems like uh, like a social anxiety thing. yes even I mean he has that conversation with Jacob where he's like people don't like me he's yeah. like people seem to like you though and well, there's this kind of whole thing there and you're like you're like this is you know and they, they never at any point in these movies flat out say he is this thing but it is it is an interesting choice and i don't know if eddie redmayne made the choice but i can't imagine he did i would imagine maybe rowling did yeah. but like you know what i have her on the phone right now <laughs> J- J- joe no i'm just kidding uh i would never call her <laughs> um i do think though that it's an interesting choice yeah. on his part and it adds some depth to the character, I think and it's maybe an maybe the, maybe the point is to show representation in yes. that world, to show like, hey, like it's it, it you can be this, you know. I mean, maybe that was the point of it. I don't really know, yeah. but it, it is it is an interesting choice, like yeah. you said. It is a very interesting choice. Taking the if, taking if it is somewhere on the spectrum, and look, maybe maybe they did confirm that, and, I, and I'm just not aware of it. Uh-huh. But but I I couldn't I didn't see anything over doing my research, and I but I have heard people speculate a lot about that. Um, um, I think that that's something that does go away maybe in the last co- the later couple of movies mm-hmm. a little bit but taking taking the spectrum out of it all like if he is somewhere on the spectrum he is just in general he is you're right he's neurotic he's socially anxious socially uncomfortable yeah. around people he doesn't make a lot of eye contact he doesn't he doesn't physically have physical contact with a lot of people he's more comfortable uh, with animals with animals yeah, well, yeah well, he'll throw humans. his whole body and, yeah. and everything into the animals but right. just not very much with the humans and he's making eye contact with yeah, the animals exactly. Exactly. He's got more of a connection yeah, with animals. So but the fact that they made a choice to have the main character of this series, and especially this movie, to be somebody like everybody that we've seen before has been relatively pretty confident. Harry Potter is one of the most confident like right. characters. Like You know what I mean? Like yeah. He believes in himself and everything like that. Luke I mean, and, and he... He deals. He deals with some stuff, you know. I mean, right. it's not. But but like everybody's very confident and everything like that. Newt is very much like the opposite of that. The exact opposite of that. And I. That's something that I. I did connect with that. Like if right. I was in the Wizarding World, I would be like, Am I doing the spell right? Am I. Am I. Am, am, right. am I doing this right? Like what's going on? Like I would be very. I am very like self conscious about myself and my interactions with people and, right. and how I interact with people and and things like that. And I did find that very charming and very connect. Uh, I did connect to the, the character. Quite a bit, and I think it was an interesting choice because yeah, because it is it does differentiate. He doesn't feel like Harry Potter too, right? You know what I mean? Like he doesn't he feel like to, just, he needs to be different. He needs he to be needs, he, he because, needs to be his own character, especially because this is a character that we did know existed, right? While reading those books and stuff like that, we we've, knew we've that heard the name Newt Commander. Commander, yeah. Right? So we've we heard that name. We're finally seeing it. We need to we need to know who yeah. that is. And I th- I think really Eddie Redmayne does a good job of bringing newt scamander to life yes he and does I, like like if you ask me oh who's newt scamander i do picture eddie redmayne's yeah. character oh, yeah, i'm yeah, like yeah. oh that's him like you know he does a really good job and i will say i think he, again i think he is also a constant through this series i yeah. i do think he's good through this series i really do yeah. and it kind of becomes less about him but he's always there and i like him yeah. so yeah that's it all right moving on to the story all right um, this is where i get my synopsis i forgot to write a synopsis this week you didn't write a synopsis, I didn't write a synopsis this okay week. let's do one very um, quickly i'll, I'll uh, do one off the top of hey, my head let me see let me hear yours uh newt scamander goes to new york to to release a beast into the arizona wilds but finds himself uh drawn into a whole nother adventure with a nomad a legitimate's and uh an or an or thank you and they find themselves on this adventure to uh 
talk about Second Salem. Save Second Salem, I guess. Grindelwald's there. Uh, yeah, they almost <laughs> and to, die. And to truly discover and understand... But also... But also to, to truly discover and understand Fantastic Beasts. And where to find them. There you go. But they also have to capture three beasts that are loose, that well, escape. That's where that's the where to find them part. Yeah, that's the where to find them part. So uh, that's our that's our synopsis. This I'll week. try to write a synopsis next week. Boy, that was bad. Honestly, I just I, I, I was so frustrated this movie. I, just I agree. To do yeah, it. it's fine. It's, it's fine. Fun. No, we we did that one off the top of our heads, and that's what's going to stay in. <laughs> um, it's story. Look, we've been talking about it. I I, I don't yeah, want to linger I, on we it. We don't need to. Stay. We did a whole thing when we talked about J.K. Rowling. It, 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 there's a there's one really great story here yes. filled with a bunch of stupid side plots. Yes. I agree. I will say, though, very quickly, I do like the themes in this of environmentalism and animal protection. Yes. I think that's really great. Yeah. I, I do no, like those themes. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. So, uh, well, let's just jump into our opinions then um, and give them overall. I mean, again, we've kind of been doing sure. this the entire episode, but, like, I loved half of this movie. I, 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 I <laughs> yeah. loved everything with Newt and Jacob and Queenie and Tina. Yes. I, I think that... The, the John Voight subplot is stupid. I think the Second Salem subplot is stupid. Yes. I like Colin Farrell as Graves. I think his subplot's not necessarily needed. Yeah. You have to have a villain in there somewhere. If Graves has to be a villain, I get it. Right. I do think, like, the whole, like, they get, you know, she's trying to bring in Newt, and then, and then like, the, the, the stuff with, like, when she brings him in and they're going over the John Voight's son is dead, and, and, oh they, and they just immediately yeah. turn on them, and they blame the beasts yeah. for being the killer, yeah, yeah. and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that whole thing is nonsensical it's, and stupid. <laughs> it's and, ridiculous. And and it's just like it it doesn't make any sense. Right. And like what would have happened if like she had just had just she just coincidentally walked in there and then they're gonna kill her? Because like like You're off her? And I, and again I guess because it's it's not Colin it's not Graves, it's it's Grindelwald, I get it, and Grindelwald's just trying to cover all right. things but like it doesn't make the, the the fact that people went along with it doesn't make any sense like it the whole thing is it's it's a messy movie it's a frustrating movie there's a really great movie in there but it's a bogged down by all these subplots and stories and and i just i don't get we don't need that we're gonna kill newt and tina thing and and i mean i don't get it and and I mean, the biggest question of them all is why the f- is john boy in this movie <laughs> but that's my opinions on the movie okay well that's good i like that I, I agree with most of what you just said. Well, everything you just said. I, I think this is a extremely messy movie. I think there is one half of a movie that is just fantastic. And it is all the stuff with Newt, with Tina, uh, with Jacob, and with Queenie. All of that is so interesting. It's so fun. You feel the chemistry. You want to see more of them. And you want the movie to just be them. And then you end up in this dark house with Credence like being like beat with a belt. And you're like, what the f- is going on here and like every time you see credence it's depressing it's sad they're dressed like it's like literally like it's from the salem times like from a 1600 salem witch trial he's got that stupid flat brim hat on and they're dressing him in the pilgrim outfit and he's always got his head down and you're like i hate credence like i don't get this again i think that is definitely supposed to be a character of some type of mental disorder or whatever but like it 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 doesn't it it does it doesn't work i just think he's traumatized yeah well yeah i get it but i I get it i get it and i shouldn't make fun of that but like i think the portrayal of it isn't great well i think Um, i i do i I think ezra miller is a little over top in the role or over the top in the role yeah i do there is a moment when ezra miller they are (laughs) they're turning into that obscurus 
Yes. And they're going, and you're like, what the f***? Like, I out loud said that, and I was like, what is going on here? And it is just, like, mind-blowing, like, what... <laughs> what yeah. David Yates let let them get away with. But yeah. beyond that, Colin Farrell, his story, while it's very tied into the second Salem stuff, as well as like, you know, the main story with the other four, I I, I, I don't think all of it is necessary. I like him in the role a lot. Yeah. I don't I don't think he's the issue with everything that's going on there. I think he just wasn't given a great story, but I like him in that role. But I don't think it's entirely like you said, oh, yeah. unnecessary. And then of course, why the f- is John Voight in this movie? I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I don't get the whole political thing. And I don't understand why it was even here. And none of it has any bearing on future movies whatsoever. Yeah. It's like they just did it for the heck of it. I definitely and think I, it I was just, intended and maybe maybe John Voight didn't want to come back. I don't know. I, I definitely know. think it was in know. here to I set up. I don't but. really care. I mean, that's something you have to talk to John Voight about when, when you're going to do a movie and you say, hey, we want to bring this character back. I tell you that I, I, I once owned John Voight's car? <laughs> Uh no, you haven't. Yeah, I left the pencil in the in the in the glove compartment. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, uh, bite marks on it. Oh, that's nice. Thank you for the Seinfeld reference. I like that. <laughs> um, we always try to get a Seinfeld reference in here, but um, yeah, no, I agree. This is a messy movie. It's really unfortunate that it wasn't just the four people and that's it. But mm. look, we got what we got, and it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, uniqueness. What stands out to you in this film? That it's two halves of a movie. There yeah. is there is one half that is really good, and then there's another half that is not so good. Well, there there is a Fantastic Beasts movie. There's a in Fantastic Beasts movie, and then there's a Grindelwald movie. In yes, there. or a, a we're on the process of of war. Like there's like a Wizarding we're War try, movie. We're trying in there. to yeah. set up this thing. Yeah. And we're not there yet, but we're going to try and set up as much as we can in this first movie. Deal with it. Yeah. It, 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 we didn't even say this. Tonally, it's yeah. a mess. No, it is. You're absolutely yeah. right. Um, well, that's the the time period, the new characters, but of course, the messiness of the film. That that's what stands out to me. So, does this is bring does this bring anything new? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, and again, because this, yeah, this is, so this is the we're new considering we're considering new story. this to be its own. We're we're ranking we're going to be ranking this as its own franchise. Yes. So I guess technically, it's what is it setting up and all this stuff. Yeah, but because it is a spinoff, it's also easy to compare it to previously. Sure, sure. but yeah, I mean, I guess yeah. The idea of, like, I feel like we don't get a lot of period piece franchise films. Right. And the idea of something like that is is interesting. But I just feel like they just... I mean, it, it's... They model it, it. it. It is interesting, but, like, I don't... Like, obviously, it had to be a period piece because they established when Newt's commander wrote the book and stuff like that. But the movie itself, like, I, feel, I felt like a story like this could have existed... At any time, it didn't need to be absolutely locked into the like. It, it, the only reason why it's locked into this time period because just because she wants to do the Grindelwald yes. stuff. Yes, you know what I mean. She wants to tell the the Grindelwald story, but that in itself feels like almost a trick because it feels like I'm here to watch a Fantastic Beast movie, not not a Grindelwald war movie. Agreed. You know what yeah, I mean? So, agreed. I don't know. As you can tell, I am very <laughs> much a th- thrilled uh, by this movie. You were just thrilled. Oh, okay. Uh, what is the best scene in this movie? Uh, for me, yeah, and I think yeah, I, I have the same one. 
You have the same one. Okay. It's when uh, Kowalski goes down into uh, Newt's briefcase for the first time, and we actually get to see what's in that briefcase. It's a really great sequence. It's like, it's probably the most magical part, and it's not even like, like, yes, it's like a magical suitcase, but like, there's no magic happening really outside of the suitcase being what it is. But like, as soon as Kowalski goes down there, he looks at his, uh, his bite, fixes it quick, and then he's like, okay, come on. And they go into this like, just beautiful like different uh biospheres going on different animals all over and you're and it, the camera's kind of just following them it all like, feels like one take i love like the canopies too like yeah. like it's clearly just one big area that he's kind of yes. divided through like canopies and yes. stuff and 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 like uh, curtains and stuff yeah. like when he when jacob's with the obscurus and like the winter scene like it's mm-hmm. very clearly just like like a like a curtain with like mountains right, right. Through, like on the back yeah or it's whatever. very yeah. like but it's it's really really cool that he has all of this in his suit of course like, this yeah. is what he's carrying around like literally a habitat he's well, carrying a habitat it, in his suitcase it is i mean it 100 is the most magical moment in the movie yeah it is the, and, and you're also getting the kowalski like being blown away by yeah. everything like oh my well, god we like, are blown away because fin- we've seen some of these fantastic beasts and especially if you read the book like some of the some of the characters in the books or, or some in the books some of these uh beasts are mentioned like nifflers right. and and uh, bow trickles and things like that are mentioned right. in the books but like to be able to see it we never really got to spend a lot of time we saw like a hippogriff and we saw some stuff pixies and stuff like that right. but we never got to see like these magical beasts just the way like that we saw thestrals and stuff but like right. to see these magical beasts like this it is uh jaw chopping and it, yeah. it, it is magical it, it is very entertaining and very well done it holds so. up really well yeah, yeah it holds I, up really well it's, it's it's really good the only thing is i don't i don't love and again i don't know if this is jk rowling or if this is the if these is some of the d- d- designers i don't know I don't love the necessarily the the Pokemoning of it all that I would call it. Like <laughs> the this is very clearly just a a normal animal right. with a little bit different. The Niffler looks like a platypus that just can just shove stuff in its sure, in its belly. Sure. Yeah, things I mean, like that. Like yeah, this yeah. is this is just an eagle but bigger and has right magical right. power. It's like some I, like something like that. Some of them are really. The little like purple owl thing, I thought it was really cool, and I'm sure it has a name. I don't know. But, I like, like, I like Picket. Yeah, no, no, no. That, but that, that doesn't look like a, a yeah, an animal. Yeah, it animal. Well, look I mean, animal. It, I like it looks like a, it's a well, I guess it's a it stick. is a stick bug. It's a stick but, bug. But I like Picket. Yeah, I, mean, I think Picket's great. No, I, I do too, and and I I like that. It gets moments. And I love the I love the Niffler. Uh, the, oh, the Niffler, the Niffler stuff's great awesome. too. And the the swooping evil. Oh, that is so fantastic. Cool. <laughs> but, uh, swooping evil. Uh, the Niffler stuff is really yeah, good too, but, right? Just very quickly too. I guess as a runner-up scene, any scene involving Niffler stealing a bunch of oh, gold yeah. or anything is just at the bank when he finds him later at the store, yeah, 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 yeah. and he walks by and he just looks at him and he goes, "Really?" The physical, like, the, like the body humor of the Niffler is fantastic. It's really, well it's really like yeah. anything with the Niffler stealing stuff. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. So, but no, like. Not trying to trash the designs, but it's just some of them are like so inventive and right. so cool looking. And then other ones, and are it's kind like, of... oh, that looks like an animal, just with like a little bit. Right. Thing. A, a few of the other ones are not inspired. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's exactly what Pokemon does. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, uh, connectivity. How does this uh, set the tone? I would say of this franchise because it is a, is a first in a franchise. It is a first of the franchise. I would say it sets up the story of Newt Scamander very well, and maybe where we're gonna go. I mean, we don't really know where we're gonna go because the movie. <laughs> kind of like Grindelwald gets arrested and then like Newt goes back to England and you're kind of like 
oh, where do we go from here? And, you know, it's a little bit, like, open-ended, I guess. But, um, yeah, it, I think it sets the tone very well in setting up these four characters, specifically, that you're really going to, like, fall in love with over these movies. It sets up Grindelwald, in a way. Like, gives kind of his whole starting point of where he's going to begin. And, you know, it's... I, I think that's some of it. Yeah. Um, it's hard to really say what it sets up, because well, it's kind of... You would think that it sets up, like, this wizarding world... story. The magical... The, the, the magical world versus the nomad world, which I guess... It, or the or the muggle world right which i guess is true it does set that up i guess but like i don't know like like it seems like they're gonna set, like it, the whole john boy angle seems like it is going to set up this like kind of like like what what they do in spider-man with the daily bugle and how it's like, like the he's same gonna ta- be a j jonah yeah, yeah like, like he's the, gonna start the, like slandering Matt the daily Club. bugle is an antagonist of spider-man yes. and it felt like j uh i almost called him j jonah jameson yeah <laughs> John Voigt's character and newspaper company is going to be an antagonist of the magical world or, right. or the, the, the nomad uh, ministry, right. whatever it's called. Makuza, Makuza right. itself. But, uh, you know, it just rains and everybody uh, forgets about everything. Yep, that's and, it. Uh, so you forget it. Done, so. But, uh, yeah, it, it's weird. Is this a worthy continuation of the franchise or a worthy start of the franchise? <sighs> um, <laughs> I think it is and the reason i say that is because if we didn't know what was coming i think this would be kind of a good starting point because let's be honest starting movies can be a little messy yeah first movies and franchises can be a little messy and not fully have their footing i think as a setup for like the four main characters it's really good and i would want to see them in a movie again like i would walk out of the theater and go i can't wait to see those four again yeah for sure so i think it is a good start as far as that is concerned and I would want a second movie. Yeah. If I didn't know that it was going to be Crimes of Grindelwald, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would want a second movie with those four at that time. So yeah. yeah, I do think it is. I do think it is. And I think you can kind of look at it and go, oh, well, it's a first movie and they can fix it in the second movie. Yeah. Right? That type of deal. That's kind of how I felt about it. Well, I think so as its own thing, like a starting point, yes. I think it, I think it is. It's okay. It's it's a it's a pretty yeah. good worthy. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty good start. Uh, you know, like not pretty good, like movie wise, but like, like, like I said, I think my, a lot of my problems are coming from retroactively knowing right. where we go, right? And picking out that. But, but if, if you if didn't this, know, when I did watch this the first time, I was only in. I, yeah. I was excited for it. You would everything. want to see these four. I wanted to again. see it more. But if you are comparing it to the Harry Potter franchise, because it is a spinoff, sure. I don't think that it's worthy compared to those movies by far. Sure. I don't think it's worthy. Yeah. But if as its own thing, I think it is. Yeah. You know, it's it's an interesting way to go. Yeah. I don't know, it's just, it's a, I'm not trying to be like a negative Nancy, it's just, it is a... I'm trying to induce a little positivity here, because you're, <laughs> no, no. you're, I think you're, dude, you're not going to like crimes, and I, like, I, I think we need to save some of that negativity for next Well, week. and I was a defender this, of... this movie is, is good, and no, I don't think it's, you know, it's, I think, it's, it's an okay movie overall. I, I, like I said, I, I'm 100% going off of the retroactively knowing where this goes yes. and i think but but i think sometimes that is beneficial like, it is it is knowing like does the like, if we're looking at the movie as a franchise movie does it does it work sure. in the does it work in the franchise no does it work as its own thing sure does yeah. it work in the franchise no because it is a frustrating experience Absolutely. and it is yeah. a boring experience cool. so well let's talk about some casting and some fun facts before we get into the future of the franchise my friend yes 
not too much here, a little bit, but uh, according to J.K. Rowling, Eddie Redmayne was the only choice for the role of Newt's commander, and uh, apparently he took part in some of the other casting decisions as well. Like he, they, oh. they read with him and stuff like that. Oh, that's so, cool. That's cool. So yeah, he, I like that. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. You know, I mean, he. This was definitely. You he was know, part of Kane Dan Fogler, and I'm okay with that. Fogler, <laughs> I'm sorry. He was part of Kane well, Dan Fogler. Well, again, I don't, I don't. It's not like he's sitting there going, "Oh, pick that guy," but like he, you know, he can participate in the in the in the reading casting. Yeah. Pr- process of it all yeah and you know look he's coming off of an academy award going in here so like it, yeah, it, it, it makes sense so he sure is um for the role of jacob some people that were considered were zach perlman mm-hmm. steve Ziziz, which i don't really know those guys but uh josh gad oh and michael sarah this is for kowalski yeah <laughs> josh gad is funny because like when you think josh gad and you look at dan fogler and you're kind of like that's yeah, the it's, same it's the same t- it's, it, it's almost like you're swapping it would, it, they would have been the same exactly thing. it yeah. would have been the same thing michael Sarah is a different yeah. wildly interesting <laughs> and that's a different movie yeah that is a different movie that's like a very awkward yeah well the, the, i think Kowalski. i think josh can't bring i i think Fogler's the choice. I I and no, I, Fogler and I, is the and choice. I like Josh Gad. I don't think he can do what Dan Fogler. No, no, no. Has I'm done. just saying, like you no, can swap them. No, but the I same. I yeah. think I think that it is the character is the same if right. if it's Gad or Fogler. Whether right. the whether who can bring the better performance. Yes. that's different. I think they have but, the same energy. Yes, but I think. Michael Sarah, I think the huh. character is more awkward than he is goofy. Yes. I think the character is more of a, of a, I don't know, I don't know he, plays, like, he plays off the awkwardness better than he does the goofy. Yes. Yeah. That's always yeah. been his bread and butter, though. Yeah, so that's definitely, um... Glad he didn't do that. <laughs> I mean, it would have it would have been interesting to see. But, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. It, it, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. But, um, for, uh, for Queenie, Queenie, uh-huh. we have, a. Lily Simmons, okay, uh, Sorcy Ronan, oh, uh, Dakota Fanning, Ooh. and Kristen Stewart. Big were all names. Considered. Were all, they were all considered. Big names. Yeah. Wow. But you know what I think is weird? I feel like I would swap the people that were suggested for Queenie and the ones for Tina because I thought I had the wrong list. Because I looked at the names that said that were suggested for Queenie, and I looked at the names that said that were just suggested for Tina, and and my information read, I checked it, I double checked it a couple different sources. It came up as that, but to me, so those are the ones for Queenie for for Greatest Tina. Teams. Yeah, it's your Tina. Uh, Elizabeth Debicki and Kate Upton. Oh yeah, that's totally a Queenie. Queenie. Yeah, that's totally a Queenie. Yeah, and oh, I'm that's like, for Tina. Yeah, that's that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Kristen Stewart would be a great Tina. Yeah, like if you told me she was Tina, I would. Buy that and i'd be like oh that makes sense yeah but like kate upton as tina yeah i think she's more of a queenie because she's she's got the sexiness that queenie would need yeah it's that is a yeah that's uh (laughs) somebody in the casting department was off somebody in the casting department was off. they made the right they made the right they made the right calls they they, They made the right i yeah i think i think for both roles they made the right pick yeah kristen stewart would have been fun to see but i i I think they made the right calls yeah um and then obviously the last little bit is uh zoe kravitz can be seen in the photo in nude's case yes uh hinting at her more prominent role in the future so i guess they had already had her cast sure did for the next for that role we will see her in crimes yes we will and only crimes and only Uh, crimes and we'll (laughs) talk about her next week Oh, so some other fun facts. Uh, though he did not work on the script, Steve Cloves does act as a producer on the film. Hmm. Uh, so he's still involved in this franchise. Um, Newt's commander is a Hufflepuff. And as a proud Hufflepuff myself, I <laughs> wanted to just highlight that. Makes sense. Uh, you can see his yellow uh, yes. scarf. Totally um, makes sense. On Rowling's Twitter, she confirmed that the name Tina 
is short for uh, Porpentina, uh, which was revealed in the About Author section of the book of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, right. to be the name of Newt's wife. So fans who have the book know, yeah. once they meet Tina, who she, her role yes. and where they're going to yes. be, yes. which makes her role in the third Fantastic Beasts movie a little bit more frustrating. But Because uh, <laughs> his future life isn't there. <laughs> Rowling gave Redmayne a very detailed backstory for his character that only he exclusively got. That's so, fascinating. I guess yeah. she's so trying to do where, the... Maybe that's where they talked about like yeah. the choices. I wonder, yeah. yeah. But that seems like um, like the Rickman thing. You know what I mean? Right. Where, I'm going to tell it, you I'm going to tell you everything. Yeah. And you're going to know where this character goes. But, yeah. I mean, we know he lives, but yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's interesting to... I wonder if character choices were made then. Yeah. Uh, the names Mercy Lewis and Deliverance Dane are used as exclamations in the film. The these are two people who were accused of witchcraft during the Salem Witch Trials. How about that? So, uh, Rowling does not consider the film a sequel or a prequel to the Harry Potter series and instead an extension of the Wizarding World. Stop. Just stop. It's not a sequel. It's it's a saga. <laughs> How excited are you when we get a third Avatar movie to do that on here? <laughs> I mean, look, man, like... Like, are you are you gonna be excited when we get to do? I already cons- well, I already consider Avatar is a franchise. We, we even though we're only getting the second one after all these years, uh, we're only getting the second one. Uh, but we know we're getting like five. Yes. So it's, I, it, to me, it is a franchise. Yes. You know what I mean? So. I uh, that's fa- that's very funny. Yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> um, I, I, I I guess I included that because. I was like, it is, it, it's a saga. It is a saga. No, I think it is an extension of the franchise, but I, I, I kind of would say this is a kind of a prequel too. I mean, once you bring I mean, Dumbledore, once you bring Dumbledore in, I mean, it's it, a sequel. It is. I mean, or it, prequel. It, it, it by it takes place in the same by world. definition. It's a prequel. It's by definition, it's a prequel. <laughs> yeah, but, that's, like, that's like George Lucas coming out and saying that episodes one through three are an extension of Star Wars, and, and not a like, prequel. And going it's, what? And it's like, not the prequel series. It's the extension series. It's the extension it's series. It's not really going to have anything to do with the original trilogy. And then Darth Vader pops up the end of three, and we all go, "That's Darth Vader." I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Uh, the actors and actresses had to attend one school in, er- in order to learn how to move and use a wand properly. Makes sense. So I, yeah. well, well, I know you wand. were, when we talked about the wand choreographer, you were a little... Uh... I'm still a little uh, <laughs> on it. It's kind of ridiculous to me. But I have you know. a wand here. Do you want to practice? Do you want to move it and see if you can move it free, you know, nicely and confidently without any problems? Can I don't you... think that'd be good for the podcast. <laughs> Nobody can see it. I'll just describe it. He's swishing and flicking. <laughs> He's switching and flicking. <laughs> in America, during the... So I, don't think, I don't know if this was confirmed, but I, I looked it up. It, it, the, the term is confirmed. I don't know if this is the reason why. But in America, during the 1920s, the word muggle was actually a real slang word for marijuana. Um, oh, which nice. may be why the Americans used the term nomad instead of marijuana, instead of muggle. You got a little muggle for me? <laughs> i smoke some of that muggle. But again... Um, do I think they, I couldn't find if if that was the actual reason why they decided to change it or not? Right, but right. It, it does fit. That's funny. Oh, bro, <laughs> I got some sweet muggle man. Um, Eddie Redmayne cut his own wig because the hair designer Faye Haymond felt that the character would often need to groom himself on ships and other ideal not look not ideal locations. So that's mm. why his hair looks. Yeah, a little, yeah. nice, that's nice, nice. Eddie Redmayne trained with real zookeepers and animal handlers to prepare for his role. Nice. Very cool. Took very, it very cool, seriously. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and the cast got to help design their own wands for the film, which is very cool. cool like that. Um, 
in 2011. So this might be a little idea of where the I, this might be a little like where the idea came from, but I'm not 100% sure. In 2011, producer Lionel Wilgram had the idea of a fake documentary about Newt's commander in the vein of real naturalists like David Attenborough, or Steve Irwin, Jane Goodall. Yeah. And this idea uh, apparently helped inspire Rowling, who already had a couple ideas for new stories set in the world. And one of those ideas that apparently she did consider doing was an anthology of animated shorts based on the tales of Beetle the Bard. Huh. Um, but obviously we never got that. Right. But like, never, never I think it. like, you know, she was, so she was looking for something and this guy's like, well, what if we do like a Snoot Scamander documentary? And she's right. Like, I have an idea. A movie. <laughs> I'm, like, mm, you know. I'm going to write a movie. I wonder, I, but I wonder if like, she was thinking about doing a Grindelwald, Dumbledore like prequel, and then the, when the, and then when this guy said, "Oh, Newt Scamander movie," she went, "I can do both. I can do both in one movie. It's gonna be great." <laughs> All right, let's talk about the future of the franchise. Let's do it. Uh, should there have been a sequel to this? Again, if I didn't know where we were going, yes. Yeah, I like these characters. I would like to see more of them. Yes, but I, I I feel like this could have been a standalone, and and like I said, I meant you know, I made like the pitch of like the Wizarding World presents. Yes, whatever, where we could still see these characters pop up, but not see Fantastic Beasts two. Absolutely. So yeah. I think an idea of like that would might might be more effective. Right. You know what I mean? Agreed. What do you want to see in the future? <laughs> I want to see a movie. If I did not know where we were going, yeah, no, yeah, I, your <laughs> picture. Where do you want to go? It doesn't have my, to be the yes, next movie. I want to see. I think the next movie. It's solely focused on those main four, yeah. and maybe we see an actual another like Fantastic Beasts adventure. Maybe yeah. this time instead of New York, maybe we see um, this happen again. I feel like England's been explored enough, but maybe they go to a completely different location. Maybe we see them go to a city somewhere within Asia. Maybe you go to that continent, you find a city there. Um, maybe you go to Australia and you find a city there. Like, like take us, make it a it's globe, a, a make it a globe, movie, yeah. yeah, make it a globe trotting thing. Yeah. And like, why not do that and have yeah. Fantastic Beasts like stories as a globe trotting deal with these four characters? Yeah. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's not what we get, but no. that's why that's why I think that would work. Well, obviously, you know, I'm say it again. I keep saying the the, the, the anthology series. I mm-hmm. think would probably work the best. Sure. But I, I do want. I just want to see these four characters reunited with each other and the growth of their relationships. Yes. I think there should be a growth of their relationships. I think when we see them again, especially the Jacob Queenie thing, I think I understand because like they hint, the, they end the movie hinting that he might start to remember her and things like that yeah he kind of reaches yeah, back and then he and starts maybe to... we should see more of that on screen instead of like if they if the next movie started and they were in a relationship again he'd be like didn't they you know i get it but i think like the tina newt thing should uh-huh. be advanced yes it's, they, they should be absolutely together in some way together not in some this form yeah really weird contrived thing they do in the next yep. movie which really but really we'll, we'll talk we'll talk next week about that uh, but I'm excited because we can talk about what franchise star you would add to this franchise because we don't we are not restricted to anymore to, to English actors or whatever. No, we're not. We can pick anybody. We can have we anybody can. in this. Who would you add to this franchise? We can pick literally anyone that we want. Yeah, and it's a more modern franchise, so we could we could pick anybody. Yeah. Yeah, we could pick anybody. That's just that's just wonderful. Since we're talking American wizards, because I would want to see some American wizards mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Some red blooded American wizards. I'm just kidding. I just <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy. Is no, an interesting no. <laughs> Larry the Cable Guy. That's who I want. No, I really feel like, and this is like just right off the top of my head. This would be 
he would work in this world, Mr. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I think yeah, that's a really good choice. One hundred percent Mr. Jeff Goldblum. Um I have a pitch for you. How about um uh how about Mads Mickelson as Grindelwald? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, but besides that obviously that You got a surprise coming in Secrets <laughs> of Dumbledore. <laughs> that is that obviously, you know, besides that one. I, I love the Jeff Goldblum That's, idea. I mean, come um, on. Him in those robes going, oh, oh. Like, he'd be great. He'd be so good. He would definitely have the whims- whimsical nature. He would have he, the whimsical. He's just always He's amazed always anyway. whimsical and amazed. And he would almost be like, uh, he would almost be like the the Richard Harris Dumbledore. Yeah. Very like, but like more energetic. <laughs> Not like... <laughs> Not pop pop whiz, but he would be more more uh, upbeat, which would be fun. Hey, uh, no, be very eccentric wizard. Uh, but I, you know what? I pick uh, who better than Paul Rudd? Who better than Paul Rudd? One hundred percent, man. Who better than Paul Rudd? Hey, look at us. Look at us. <laughs> look at us. <laughs> look at us. Like I, I just, I yeah, that's a great choice too. I think we just had two really solid choices. You know what it is? It's because we've been limited yeah. by the, <laughs> the by the. British all these weeks and we're finally like let's pick some of the best American actors and put them in here yeah I think those are two really solid choices yeah absolutely so oh, this is the part where we'd rank the films right now obviously we can't do that yes. so oh, right now number one is Fantastic Beasts and where to find them and it's probably gonna stay there oh so. yeah yeah. I pretty much know my ranking for this I, um, like I'm pretty aware so I'm set but uh, we're you know we won't reveal that now but our, our whatever our rankings are as time goes on uh by the third week when we rank the third movie don't expect that to change is what we're saying <laughs> don't expect that to change not at all um well do you have anything else you want to say about this movie you want to talk about this movie before we wrap this we've up we've really or... hit a lot here we've covered a lot i think we've covered a lot of ground but i would tell people to watch this one i would i would recommend people to watch this one because i do think out of the three this is probably the easiest to digest yeah i would say and is probably um the best one to watch honestly yeah. no, like it it's is. definitely the best one to watch and like i think if you're just looking for a random not harry potter wizarding world movie this is a great one to pop in yeah that's how I feel about it. No, I'm like it's. I, it, I feel like this is good for like every every few years you could watch it again and be like, oh yeah, it's fine. But like, yeah, I would I would recommend people to watch it if you haven't seen it. Look, man, like I know I've been hard on this movie, and I apologize. <laughs> I'm I'm 30 years old now, so I'm a bitter old man, uh, and and that might have something to do with it. Sure. I don't know, but like I, you know, I do think there's some really great stuff in here. I mean, I I cannot praise enough. Those four main actors. Yeah, like, I really, I really love them. Every time they're on screen, you're engaged. Except for like the weird uh, is going to kill them thing. But every time they're on screen, you're engaged in the story. You're engaged in them. Also, I, I wanted to mention too, like... I, I think a big my one of my big problems too is is like the 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 ending of this movie is really boring to me. It is just giant black clouds <laughs> swirling. I, there's yes. nothing really there. Like it, there's nothing. Like, yeah, there's nothing here. And and like it, and it and it's it's a it's an extensive ending. Yeah, like, it's a long. ending. It goes on for twenty minutes or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Like, like it's one, a lot. Like once they start obliterating everybody, that's a whole thing. Then they have to go through the emotional Kowalski thing. And then they have to go into but, like showing but, everybody but where they I'm go. But I'm not even talking about that part. I'm talking about just the credence is on a rampage oh. as the obscurest. <laughs> okay, yeah. Black clouds it's everywhere. Like 20 type of thing. Yeah. It's like twenty minutes yeah, like 20 of that, <laughs> and it's like it's like twenty minutes. Do we really need this yeah. for twenty minutes? Sure. Like, and sure. then just little shots of zoomed in on the obscurest and Ezra Miller going. Ah! Ah! 
do do we really need this? Like, yeah, we don't need it. We don't need it. I hope. I really hope that when they were filming that, because obviously all that CGI, that he just they had to have Ezra Miller stand there <laughs> to represent the black to cloud and the just, black cloud and, and just them go. Nah! <laughs> Stupid. No, yeah, I, uh, yeah, but but I, yeah, I've been I've been crapping on the movie all over the place, mm-hmm. and I've been you know putting it down and everything. But I I do think there's some really great stuff in there. I I would have loved a straight up fantastic piece and would have found the movie. Yes. I really would have loved this. Newt Scamander's an environmentalist, magic zoologist who's going around right. studying and taking care of these animals. And the love that he has for the world, I think that would have been great. And we, and though when we do that, I think not just the first scene in the case, mm-hmm. every scene in the case, and it, well, there's really only one other one, but every scene in the case is great. When they're back sure. and they're putting everything away, yep, it's great. It's just, it's a great. I love. I, I would watch a movie of just them in the case. Like <laughs> you, you literally could just do that. Yeah, like, sure, sure. So I don't know, man. I, but but overall, like it's fun. It's it's a it's a fine movie. We didn't even do scores. We didn't even do, see. We're let's so frustrated. Really, yeah, scores, let's do so. it really quickly. What's your score, my friend? I give it three stars. You know what? I I originally had this at three and a half, and I think I'm going to go two and a half. Oh wow! I really I cool. I think okay. it's a perfectly fine movie. Sure, it's right down the middle. It's okay. Great. Um, I think that it balances it out with some really great stuff. Yeah, and some pretty trash stuff. All right. So, cool. Uh, I'm not looking forward to this. Oh, I want to. I want to get this. You want to get this done. I want to get this because we, we know it's on the horizon. We know it's on the horizon. Yeah, there's something on the horizon. <laughs> A ship, some might say. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Well, Ryan, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Tony, and we appreciate everybody for their support. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FranchiseMePod. You can see all of our rankings on Letterboxd. Just search FranchiseMe, one word. And you can send us an email, FranchiseMePod at gmail.com. Give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Give us your feedback so we can get better each week. Uh, Tell a friend. We always like when that happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, check out our bonus series a year in franchises where each episode we break down all of the franchise movies in a year and don't forget to check out our website franchisemepodcast.com where you can see all of our episodes next week come and join us as we discuss all of the crimes that grindelwald will commit in fantastic beast the crimes of grindelwald ryan why the f- is john voight in this movie <laughs> oh we'll never know my friend we'll never know see you next week yeah